Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda's in Zephyr A, and I am in Zephyr B. This is season 30 for me and season 26 for Amanda. And this is day 19 of season 98. We are recording late because there were a lot of quibbles and, and so a lot of stuff going on <laughs> last night and we didn't want to uh, we didn't want to record with our arguments if they were not going to be if they were going to be invalidated like so many quibbles that oh, man. like I legitimately figured like this entire day might get thrown out. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I don't know. So we'll talk about anyway, it. question one. The first one. of them. <laughs> uh, question one asks us to give a, the sign in the American Manual Alphabet, which is the alphabetical part of American Sign Language, for, I'm going to describe it exactly, so we can talk about the quibbles. Uh, what letter is signed with the palm facing out and four fingers curled down into the palm, nesting along the side of the thumb, which is tucked in sideways? In British Sign Language, it is indicated by the tapping of one's index finger. So I I can kind of see uh, what this is saying, like the, the actual hand position. Mm -hmm. um, but I can also see a couple of other ways that it might be. So like I mm -hmm. just, I couldn't figure out whether this was, does that mean the thumb is underneath all of the fingers? Mm -hmm. Or does it mean that it is along, that it is next to the fingers and kind of pointing upward? Or right. even kind of inside the the finger, the the, the fingers. Uh, so I'm, I'm making these signs here yeah. <laughs> uh, very helpfully. And so I just, uh, I mean, essentially I punted thinking that, okay, I think this is supposed to be E. Or A, rather. And and that would be... And I, I was fairly certain that that meant the thumb was vertical. Mm -hmm. along, kind of next to your index finger. Sure. Um, and I also figured, okay, well, in, in British Sign Language, it's indicated by the tapping of one's index finger. So I thought, okay, well, maybe that's the first vowel. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's uh, indicating. Mm -hmm. So I went with A, but as I say, was not at all certain what this question was actually asking me. Right. Uh, similarly, when I, like probably every other learned leaguer, uh, made the motion that is described in this question, um, with the phrase four fingers curled down into the palm, uh, when I do that, they, I, I assume this means that the tips of the fingers are touching the palm. Mm -hmm. So that is a, a key part for me about why this is, as it turns out, ambiguous. And then, much like you reasoned, um, when you do that and you put your thumb close to them, as in, you know, tucking it in sideways after a fashion, um, those fingers are resting along the side of the thumb, more or less, at least with my hand they are. Mm. Um, and so I, I thought about other options for this. I thought, you know, could it be E, but... I don't think that's quite, you know, that's not the shape that I picture for doing that. Um, and incidentally, a lot of people learned, I know, to do E. And by the way, so much discussion on the Facebook groups about this. <laughs> um, it, and so a lot of people learn to do E with the thumb not tucked down at all. 
So that's one of the issues with it is you make the shape of the E mm -hmm. to look like kind of a curly Q with your thumb yeah. and index finger is how it looks. Um, and so, uh, yeah, essentially I went through as many contortions as I could to think like, you know, if I, if I make the E as I've seen it in other pictures where the fingertips are kind of sitting on the side of the thumb then they are definitely also not, uh, at least for my hand, which might be less flexible than the average person. I'm absolutely open to that. Um, they are not pointing into the palm. They're mm -hmm. just not. They're pointing almost parallel to the palm instead of into. They're curled downward. That would have been an okay descriptor. Um, and it feels like there could have been a lot of better rewrites to this question i don't know if this is like a standard definition in asl no. if there's like an asl dictionary that specifies this precise mm -hmm. wording or anything like that um but I, you know i didn't know the british sign language and i thought similarly you know the sort of tapping the primary finger the pointer finger that you use certainly could seem to be a for the first letter of the alphabet um and so after going through no it's not e it's not M because I know that the finger is, the thumb is sticking out a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, this was another problem with the question is if the thumb is tucked in sideways, it also kind of suggests to me that it's tucked under the fingers mm -hmm. too. And then the fingers would definitely be resting along its side as well. Mm -hmm. So there's an argument for M. You know, some people made an argument for S, which is kind of the thumb is atop the four fingers okay. um, instead of kind of resting under them. So it's just, it's really hard to write this question right. Mm -hmm. Or at least if you're going to pick this particular letter. Mm -hmm. um, and the more I, that I suppose if it's okay, I will uh, go ahead and spoil the fact the answer is E. Mm -hmm. um, the more I thought about it, the more annoyed I was by the use of the British Sign Language clue pinning it to E just because it felt like covering for the fact that the rest of the question was written ambiguously. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it, I, I really strongly dislike when question writing introduces confusion and then puts a pin next to it to quote-unquote clear it up. Right. Because then you're asking people to reconcile like a counterfactual with something else. Mm -hmm. And that's just not or to, good yeah. trivia writing. Or to, or to just... know simply the second thing. Yeah. And if people just know the second thing, then mm -hmm. that's a trivia question in and of itself. True. But, uh, you know, so there has been, like I said, lots of discussion over this. There was no scoring correction for it. Uh, although, as we will talk about in a couple of questions... I had seen when I submitted a scoring correction on a different one mm -hmm. that it was in process. Someone had, yeah, someone had asked for that. Yeah. yeah, so this is one of my discoveries. I don't know if this is a new feature of the mm -hmm. scoring review yeah. page, but there are icons now to indicate if your particular quote-unquote incorrect answer has been submitted for review by someone else. Mm -hmm which I'm sure cuts down on the, the time combing through, you know, 30 people saying, hey, I thought this should be A, and here's why. Um, although I did feel a little bit uh, uh, conflicted about 
not submitting a review based on that just because what if I presented some different reasons Mm -hmm. that were, you know, found to be more persuasive, but I also, you know, this is a trivia game and I can't spend my whole life on it or take up other people's whole life with it necessarily. So I, I held off on that. What was your answer on that? What did you submit on that one? I put a, okay. So did I, so yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was not, uh, marked to be correct. And I'm, and I am sure that it's because of the British sign language that nobody got, Mm -hmm. you know, a a correction made to that. But I don't know. Thorsten probably got some significant feedback Mm. (laughs) about the writing of the question. So, uh, so much for that. Okay. So that was allegedly, uh, E and moving on. (laughs) Question two asks us for two Olympic track and field throwing events that have implements that are the same weight. Mm-hmm. Parentheses on the men's side. Here comes our second quibble. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I didn't notice this as a quibble so much. So right. I'll let you talk about it in okay. that context. Um, what I ended up putting down, uh, I believe, was... Uh, I think it was hammer throw and discus because I knew that the four of them would be javelin, shot put, discus, and then hammer throw took me the longest Mm -hmm. to remember because I feel like it's the least, uh, I don't know, pop culturally referenced or something. Um, And so I just thought of those three or those four eliminated javelin Mm because it seemed so different in form factor. I couldn't imagine it was coincidentally the weight of the hammer throw like that didn't kind of calculate for me um and so yeah i think what i put down and i say i think because i accidentally also deleted the email that i got about this match day um but i think that i put down hammer throw and discus because i just didn't think the hammer throw was as heavy as a shot put somehow mm-hmm. fair uh yeah i also thought of those and rejected javelin because as you say form factor mm-hmm. uh, and then i figured okay so if the my my problem is when you ask for the weight of the hammer, does that include the chain? Oh, and therefore it, the the hammer must be heavier than the shot put because it's essentially a shot put on a chain, right? Oh. Hmm. And I would think, well, it's got to be. I I know you're whipping it around faster, and therefore you can get more momentum behind it. But I just figured it's got to be a different weight. Okay. Whereas discus and shot put, I figured the different forms mean that you could have the same weight and have different, mm. uh, you know, different distances, different throwing technique, etc. Makes sense. Um, and also, you know, the discus is one piece. The shot put is one piece. You don't have to get that kind of weird quibble about, well, do you mean just the hammer part and, you know, just like the, uh, you know, just the, the head or the whole contraption. Right. Um, but... Uh, and the quibble is, there's a parenthetical that the implants on the men's side are exactly the same weight. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're the same weight on the women's side as well. Okay. And it was it, it's the hammer and the shot put. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't I don't know whether the hammer then includes the chain. I presume it does, which means the hammer must be lighter than the the, the head of the hammer must be lighter than the shot put. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was, and uh, I did not necessarily make this uh the, the the fact that it was said on the men's side didn't really enter that much into my into my thought process uh-huh. um but 
I, at least one of our friends thought, oh, well, women must not do hammer then uh. for some reason. Like that was kind of in their mind that women didn't do hammer. They do, in fact, of course. Uh, you know, that's how you know that. And that's why the implements are the same weight. Um, but yeah, either way, it's there's no point in saying on the men's side. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just kind of a weirdly written thing as well. Yeah, because they're, in fact, uh, not only do women throw the hammer, but it is the same weight as the shot put. Yes. As I understand it. Yes, for women. Um, so, well. so it makes me wonder if just this question is a little bit old and a little bit stale in some sense. Like if yeah, that was a change that right. was made yeah, I don't know. in recent years. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've read a little bit about Thorsten's process of mm -hmm. writing and banking questions. Sure. And so I'm wondering if this one got a little overtaken by rule changes. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. So, and who would think to, you know, worry about editing that kind of out? Go back and, to, yeah. Yeah. So, so that one is understandable that mm -hmm. one of our friends described it as a spurious, mm -hmm. you know, like a, a pointless piece of information that sort of seems like it should have a point. And yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. We, oh, well. uh, question three, uh, where the quibbles continue, <laughs> uh, asks us, uh, what academic discipline is Emil Durkheim regarded to be a founder of? Uh, so I had I didn't know this, so I had to. I, I felt like I'd heard of Durkheim, mm -hmm. but not necessarily what he did specifically. Yeah. So I had to go with the other clue of that he developed the concept of collective representations. Uh huh. And I tried to think what academic discipline would that be an underpinning of, and I thought that's this kind of sounds like semiotics to me. Oh. Mm. Um, and I knew this was dangerous because. I don't hundred percent know what semiotics is. Mm -hmm. Like I think I kind I think it has to do with like meta meaning and symbology and kind of sure you know this here's what this thing kind of actually means underneath it. Okay. Know, okay. Subtext that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I kind of thought well, that could be yeah kind of collective representation. Mm -hmm. um, so okay yeah I'll go with semiotics, knowing that I did not know it. <laughs> Yeah, when I looked over this one, I considered several possibilities, um, and I thought about things like semantics, um, linguistics, because I figured, you know, what I've, I, I do read a linguistics blog uh, that comes out weekly or so, mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of discussion of kind of like uh, whether words come from like sound imitative sources or you know, whether they're like uh, otherwise symbolic or, you know, that kind of thing comes up in linguistics a lot. And then I thought, that's not exactly like, I don't recall having read this term on the blog, for example. Um, so I moved on to think about, um, you know, is it potentially psychology, sociology. And then I thought if it's collective, we're talking about sort of a cultural thing. So um, anthropology came to mind mm. because that seemed like, you know, the sort of thing like a, a culture's collective representations probably kind of define it in certain ways. Like they, you know, if you're mm -hmm. just judging by those two words, I didn't know the definition of collective representations. Mm -hmm. um, I was just kind of parsing it out based on kind of how it sounded to me um, from the context I know. 
So I thought, you know, anthropology sounds like an area that would have a concept like this. Um, and, and that kind of seemed about right for Durkheim. Like I was like, I, I, I could kind of locate him in that area of science vaguely. Okay. Um, but you know, I thought, yeah, I think that sounds like a pretty reasonable, um, possibility. So that's what I put down. Uh, and the official answer, uh, was, I've already clicked out of that, <laughs> sociology. Yes. Um, so here is <laughs> the quibble that actually became a, uh, correction. Uh, I, as I mentioned, I went to look at the, uh, you know, request a scoring review page, saw that the first two questions had, uh, <laughs> for my particular answers, uh, had already requested scoring reviews. But there was not one for this one, and I did a little bit of, you know, very light uh, Googling. Well, I should say, before I went to the scoring review page, I did my light Googling, and the first link, if you Google, like, Durkheim Anthropology, is a link um, to, admittedly, a blog post, but it sounded like a pretty authoritative one, uh, in Anthropological Review talking about Durkheim's contributions to anthropology and how he should be considered a founder of anthropology as well as sociology. Um, and so I submitted that scoring review request and it was accepted. Hmm. So uh, quite a number of people have posted that they got that question correct thanks to that change. And um, for me, uh, as it turns out, spoiler alert, it won me the match. Hmm. So... Uh, it certainly meant a lot to me that that was uh, reconsidered. And uh, um, in a discussion on one of the Facebook boards, someone pointed out that, you know, that I think this is uh, the person's field, uh, you know, academically, and discussed how when some of these social sciences were just kind of nascent like this, they weren't necessarily subdivided into, you know, sociology as separated from anthropology mm -hmm. it was kind of all this one you know field of sort of human cultural right. and social understanding um and so you know this wouldn't this was kind of a, a difference that was um defined a bit later right um so i thought that was kind of a an interesting uh, little backdrop to it so I, I was very glad to know that anthropology was accepted um along with sociology question four gives us a sort of uh ingredient list for a lobster type uh hors d'oeuvre and asks us for the name of the dish which is an anagram of a sea captain who originated it at least apocryphally hmm. um and yeah this one just kind of escaped me i the only lobster dish i could think of was thermidor hmm. um and truly like it it wasn't going to be you know i, I try to think of, of sea captains that might relate to this and there are pre precious few sea captains that i could think of that could anagram to another word that could serve as the name of a lobster dish that i recognized um and i figured maybe thermidor you know could uh anagram to a name of some sort that I didn't happen to know, mm -hmm. but that could be somebody's name, you sure. know, just there's uh, those letters in there. Sure. You could rearrange them somehow you know, appropriately. And 
And similarly, um, it might be a clever way to reference someone without uh, using their specific name if it wasn't quite as uh, elegant as the word Thermidor, which is the French uh, mm-hmm. word for one of the summer months. I can't remember which one. Um, but I don't remember either. Anyway, um, it you know I thought it's the only lobster dish I know. You know what else is it going to be? <laughs> it's um, if we're sort of being asked for this, and so uh, I put down Thermidor. Long story short. So I couldn't get away from a crab rangoon for a long time on this. <laughs> and it's like, no, it th- there's there's not like lobster rangoon, right? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, move on. And so I just kind of let this one bounce around in my head for a while and came back and was like, lobster, well, lobster, the lobster, okay. The anagram of lobster, <laughs> lobster Newberg, lobster Newberg. Okay, yeah. Could that be a anagram of someone's name? Sure. Yeah, okay. We'll go with that. Can't really... Nothing else is really singing for me, so for some reason, Thermidor never entered my mind. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, we'll go with Lobster Newberg, which I spelled N-E-W-B-U-R-G. Right. Um, And that is the correct answer. Well done. Except it's N-E-W-B-E-R-G, but it seems to be spelled both ways a lot of places, so I got credit for that. Here's the quibble. (laughs) Well, I'll go ahead. If you have quibbles, I have Another friend uh, on a different Slack... Uh, who was uh, not only the manager of a restaurant that specialized in high-end lobster-type dishes in Maine, oh but was quoted in O Magazine <laughs> about Lobster Newberg, uh-huh. uh, points out that puff pastry is not a requirement. Yeah. It's it's frequently inside the puff pastry, but that is not an essential component of Lobster Newberg. Mm-hmm. It's just a way that some places do it. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, the it, you know, our in our friend's Slack it was discussed that the Wikipedia article itself doesn't say anything about puff pastry. Mm. Uh, in addition, the you know, potentially apocryphal story is that, you know, Delmonico's had uh, taken this dish from a Captain Wenberg. Mm. Now, calling Wenberg an anagram of Newberg yeah. is a, a little bit uh, is, pushing the definition that right is there. Very Jeremy's iron. Yes, for all exactly. you old old school Simpsons heads. Oh, we'll what a get clever anagram! Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, so there's that. Um, you know, then there's the, kind of the apocryphal nature of the whole thing. Um, then there's the fact that the dish is related to lobster thermidor. Thermidor is a very similar preparation, as I understand it. I, I'm not sure it's quite as creamy, I suppose, but. Um, not that I've had it, not that I know the details, but just the whole thing was not enough to rise to the level of scoring review at all, mm-hmm. but just sort of annoying that it's described in a certain way that, again, is not quite correct, because somebody with that detailed knowledge would be like, well, you know, if they know the ingredients of the dish, they'd be like, well, I've never put it in puff pastry mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the case may be, so... Really just, like, felt like this match day was kind of rooting around in the the back of the pantry for, <laughs> you know, what does this can say? Oh, it says worms. Let's open that one. Um, so, yeah. The, here here endeth the quibbles. Yeah, the last, two, the last two were solid questions <laughs> as far as I know, which <laughs> doesn't actually mean anything. Mm. 
Yeah, this but, <laughs> we we may have to put a disclaimer like if you yeah. don't want to listen to the quibbles in the podcast, just fast forward <laughs> at this point fast right forward here. To the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so question five uh, asks us uh, what uh, country was uh, agreed to be independent by a peace treaty signed uh, at Evian in France? Uh, the Evian Accords, specifically, it doesn't say they were in Evian. True. Just that's what they were called. So naturally, that means, okay, well, it, it must have been a French colony. Right. I figured. Uh, and then I thought, okay, March 1962... An eight-year war of independence. So who was trying to get independent of France for, like, the whole 50s? <laughs> uh, and I thought, this sounds like it could be Vietnam, but for some reason, Algeria really pegs my mm -hmm. uh, my neurons for this one. So I'm going to go with Algeria just because I can't uh, convince myself that it's not that. There's right. nothing else in this that might... Uh, that might do that, um, especially since it says what African nation I noticed now. Yeah, and so it clearly wasn't Vietnam. No, um, <laughs> but I just I remember that Algeria was kind of the uh, the the major African colony that France was sort of conducting a war in for a long time, mid twentieth century. Mm, okay. uh, I don't know whether it similarly was doing so in the in its other colonies. Uh, in Africa, right? But that was that was like the one that was the war. So right, right. I'm going to go with Algeria on that one. Yeah, I uh, when I looked at this, I thought, okay, I need to um, think of African countries that I know are or were French colonies, or that at least you know have French sounding names would be one clue into those, and. I kind of sort of backed into Algeria in the sense that I thought, you know, uh, in terms of the timing of this, like, uh, if this colony is becoming independent, and I, I knew that they weren't, wouldn't have been like during World War II, um, I kind of thought, okay, what's the African country it was a French colony that's kind of nearest to France. Like they're, you know, um, that they would be, I, I don't know what exactly made that like the, the best criteria to, to pull this for me. Mm -hmm. um, it just seemed like it somehow all fits that it should be, you know, kind of like that northernmost one. Because like Mozambique or um, I'm trying to think of other ones that I know are. French off the top of my head, uh, Niger, you know, they're all much farther south and it feels like it would be a harder, I, I don't know. It, it just kind of didn't fit for me. Like somehow it made sense that the northernmost, the nearest one to France was going to be the one that this one was about, um, that, you know, maybe kind of, you're still holding on to that one and it's the hardest to pull away because it's near nearest to the country in question. So I don't quite know how to describe it. Probably I've also, you know, read about this in passing. And so maybe that was just kind of me, like, rationalizing why it, it came to mind and sounded right for me. But I did end up putting down Algeria. And that was correct. Whew. Question six asks us for a member of the Hoboken Four 
who caught his big break in 1935 on NBC radio talent show. Right, the Major Bose Original Amateur Hour, which I feel like you have to pronounce in that old-timey radio yes. announcer voice. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it didn't take me long to think of Frank Sinatra, who I was pretty sure was from Hoboken. Um, and it just kind of, you know, again, that just kind of clicked for me that um, 1935 sounded like the right time frame for him to break big. Mm-hmm. Um it was the right location. It sounded like the right sort of format. This could happen. Uh, I don't know if we would recognize the three other musicians. I haven't troubled to look it up, but that might be interesting to to find out. Um, but presumably, they didn't all have their big break at the same time. So um, probably they are not prominent in history. Um, in any case, this sounded very much to me like Frank Sinatra, and so I put down Sinatra. Same, same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I, as I was reading it, I just kind of figured Hoboken. Okay, uh, Sinatra, famously from Hoboken. Uh, I can't think of anyone else who is a singer who is f- so famously from Hoboken. Nineteen thirty-five sounded right. He was a he was a radio crooner before going on to become a movie star, etc. So, yeah, okay. I'll say Sinatra, and I'm fairly confident on that one, because if, if only because if it wasn't Sinatra, it fits him so much that, like, you'd need to wave people off of Sinatra <laughs> if it wasn't. Yes. So, so we'll go with that. Yep. And that was the correct answer. And I have just now looked up that the Hoboken Four were Frank Sinatra, Patty Prince, whose real name was Pat Principe, Fred Tamburo and James Petrozelli. Oh, Jimmy Petro, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, I got yes, nothing. Not the, those are, I think, uh, lost to history, although my next Google result is what happened to the Hoboken Four. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. It says uh, tensions between the quartet members escalated, <sighs> however, to the point that Sinatra was regularly beaten by the other members, and he oh, quit geez. the tour halfway through. Wow. He returned to Hoboken to pursue a solo career with the rest of the group disbanded after the, after the tour ended. Wow. So, rough times for old Frankie. Yeah, that was uh, that was how things used to work back in the day. Yeah. Just imagine being one of those one of those three guys like Oh man. living in absolute terror the rest of your life <laughs> that like you were going to run across old Frank going down to the grocery store someday and he was going to be like, "Oh yeah, I remember those days." Hey, mm-hmm. you know that I got like half of the mob on speed dial, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, what's yeah. the uh, what's the old joke? Sinatra saved my life one day. Three guys were beating the crap out of me, and he said, "Okay, boys, he's had enough." Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, they had been on a seven-month tour of the central and western U.S. and Canada, <laughs> um, and that was that. Apparently, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, the other three of them, like uh, Sinatra was the last to join the group. The other three were kind of, uh, mm. you know, childhood friends in Hoboken and, you know, worked as truck drivers together and that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, the, of course, according to the one guy, Frank hung around us like we were gods or something. We took him along for one simple reason. Frankie boy had a car. He used <laughs> to chauffeur us around. Well, I guess that didn't last did it, Mr. Tamburo. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So yeah, we we know our results, of course. Yep. Um, and on the strength of my whole three correct uh, quote unquote answers, I actually won my match day defensively. Which is yeah, amazing. I, I had a defensive win as well. Wow. Uh, I could have not gotten Newberg, and I would have had my first ever Buckner win. Oh wow! But as it turns out, I didn't need it, so that was nice to have. Indeed. A couple of a couple of extra points going into the weekend. Yeah, and I will say this was. We were not the only ones to to hit, you know, two or three mm-hmm. uh, as far as scores on the day. It was, yeah, it was a rough day. It was a rough day, and I, I can't say it was all the answerer's uh, fault on that one. <laughs> so, thankfully, that's it for today. Tune in on Tuesday for more post-game analysis. Follow the Learned Lag with all the vowels now on Blue Sky, and remember... Don't forfeit. Don't cheat.